Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, in studio by my good friends, my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ron Martin. Uh, Pipe, tell us about our, our long-term partners, our, our life partners in, uh, in radio, Dwell Bible. Yes, Dwell Bible is our seemingly lifetime partner. I don't know that we've uh, entered into the, the bonds of... Um, sponsorship matrimony, but <laughs> pretty close. Uh, Dwell is an audio Bible app who we uh, we use and we enjoy. Uh, if you go to dwellapp.io slash happy rant, you can check out their offers for our listeners. A little bit about the app. Um, they have multiple Bible versions, multiple uh, narrators. They have musical backgrounds, listening plans. Right now, they are offering a Lent plan, so uh, a way to walk us up to Easter. But they have all sorts of different ones, psalms, uh, encouragement plans. They have features to help study and memorization. They have a sleep feature, so you can go to bed listening to Scripture, and it'll cut off automatically. Um, or you know, put your kids to bed with them listening to Scripture, and then it'll cut off automatically. So just kind of all this stuff that they continue to build out. What they're offering to our listeners is a 10% discount off of the annual subscription or a 33% discount off of the lifetime subscription. So two very good deals. Again, that's dwellapp.io slash happy rant. Go check that out. Uh, we also want to remind you about our our coffee mogul partnership with Redbud City Coffee Roasters. If you go to redbudcoffee.com, that's redbudcoffee.com, um, they have it's a it's a family owned coffee roastery out of Illinois and they have a whole variety of roasts they kind of rotate through depending on what's available but if you use the code happy rant at checkout you get a 10% discount off of your entire purchase you can get uh, like wholesale size bags if you're somebody who drinks a ton of coffee or if you wanted to get it for your church for example uh, the same discount applies or you can just get this the standard 12 ounce bags for personal use again use the code happy rant um, at checkout and get that 10% discount also so those are our sponsors, and we are appreciative to them. Excellent, Piper. They make a delightful cup of coffee, the good people at Redbud City. Um, yeah, recommendation, they're Brazilian. I think it's called the Brazilian Honey Roast uh, is my favorite. It's the one that I go back to repeatedly when I order. So recommendation to listeners, check that one out. Love it, Pipe. Good work, as always. Boys, we got a couple of topics dialed up. And uh, Ronald, you shot us a, uh, a text in the yeah. pre-show production meeting, and I want to I want to debut a new segment um, called Ron Martin's Misogyny Minute. Oh and, boy! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna log off, boys. Ron Martin's Misogyny Minute. That's all right. We can we can talk about it without you. Okay. It's probably better for you to be here and and do it yourself. Well, absolutely. So. Okay, I'll log off then. Yeah. No. This is a this is a, a thing you sent along. Uh, it was a tweet from Jennifer Michelle Greenberg. And she said this, if you, and she, she kind of used the hard return to, to great effect here too. If you hear a sermon like this, stand up and walk out. If a counselor gives you advice like this, stand up and walk out. If your husband treats you like this, you're being abused. If your pastor treats you like this, you're being abused. And then <laughs> um, a picture of a pastor and my, thirst, my first thought, and I want to hear you on this, Piper, was, oh my gosh, I hope he's not from Tennessee. 
You know what I mean? Like he he had what? he had a certain kind of florid like mid south look to him, and I'm like, you know, maybe Tennessee have to do maybe Missouri, maybe Tennessee. We both, we both live here, and we want no association with. Well, that. I mean, you, the why. fact that you both live in Tennessee and Nashville is in Tennessee means you only practically live with guys like this. So, Judas. Well, either that or we live with guys who look like Toby Mac dressed up as a Peaky Blinder. Yeah, we, we live with last week's Nashville's episode. more Peaky kind of Blinders. Point. Out where I am, it gets, it gets a little more like this. But um, at any rate, Ronald, this is your segment. Um, you sent this along. Uh, I didn't click on the link, but I kind of got the gist of it from Jennifer Michelle. You should click on the link. You really have to click on the link because you, you have to hear. It comes off like an SNL thing. You almost can't believe it's real or he's being serious, yeah. except he is. Oh, there's video. It's completely real. I, yeah, there's it's a video. I'm looking it's at the short, link. and it's, there's nothing. You, almost, you literally can't believe what you're hearing. All right. Well, let me, let me, let me play a couple seconds of this, and, um, and then you can get into it. And ladies here, it's a thing you need to know about men. Okay, Ronald, I've got a question right away. Why is there a picture of the Stanley Cup, like hockey's championship trophy, at the top of this video? Oh, dude, I had no. I'm, obviously, I don't see stuff like that. So I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you look right, right. past it, don't you? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I'm not really, I'm yeah, not that, really noticing the trophy. I'm, yeah, I'm hearing the words, but you're hearing the misogyny. That's true. The intro bumper is literally like a, just a picture of the Stanley Cup with no words, no context. <laughs> it's like no context Stanley Cup. It's bizarre, Pipe. Um, let me get, get a couple more seconds into it. You hear me? Oh, and he pulls up the, the meme. So, okay. Why is it so many times that women, after they get married, let themselves go? Oh, I see where he's going. All right, that's that's probably enough. Um, I mean, it gets <laughs> better. It gets so much better. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm sure it does. Now, what what do you what do you want to say about this, Ronald? I mean, clearly, this is one of those topics. It, it is very like funny, not funny, but um, there, there's so, only kind of one way. So, to talk quick about quick it. recap for for listeners. Basically, his whole thing is uh, women are at fault for men's failures because women let themselves go, and they're just they're not taking good enough care of themselves, not attractive enough. Thus. Jennifer Greenberg's statement that this is abuse, which is pretty accurate, uh, and why this is worthy of a conversation. Okay. But then, you know, kind of drops little details like we can't all we can't all look like trophy wives. And he puts up a picture of First Lady Trump um, literally on the screen and then says, um, so we may not be able to all look like trophy wives. But can we look like provisional trophy wives? Maybe not not that far in, but. But, you know, like like a like a fifth place trophy wife kind of a thing. Is yeah. is is that the Stanley Cup? Like this is about trophies. Oh, I get it now. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that's that's one of his angles is kind of using the the phrase trophy wife as if it's a good thing. Like that should be aspirational for now, wives. I might be stating the obvious here, boys, but this guy himself, like, yeah, who does he think he is, Brad Pitt? This guy. <laughs> well, there, like, <laughs> there's the thing. I mean, the the double standard of this of this like dude up there that needs to, how shall we say, drop a few, and is kind of coming against like all the ladies in the congregation about keeping themselves, you know, appearances up. You know, yeah, it's so wild. the ir- the, yeah, the it's, irony is it's, insane. You know, 
Yeah, it's evil because he said it. It's ironic because he's chubby, <laughs> <laughs> and he's got like the he's got like the black Dickies shirt on. Yeah. That's just like it's the tent shirt that tries. You know, he's under the impression that wearing black makes you look slim. Yeah. and uh, it's dude. Now that black Dickies shirt not working to the effect that he's yeah. Talking. That looks good on a certain kind of guy, but um, I don't I don't know I don't know if we're I don't know if we're getting there here, but. Uh, not that we want to get into critiquing. No, there's just goodness I think gracious. The, that would be we we would never do. No, such oh, a thing. we're we're way but, too uh, professional. The irony was worth. I actually want to. I want to ask you guys a question because you guys are both men of the cloth. You're pastors, so uh, it seems like every couple of months we get one of these, and it kind of like flies around the internet, and we try to talk about it on the show, and there's really no way to talk about it because it's just kind of speaks for itself or whatever. But I want to I want to talk about the kind of like energy that this provides for you guys because clearly like it's a it's an invitation to look at this guy and go he's a clown i'm doing better than this i'm not like this so there's the kind of performative aspect of you're only able to comment on this in a certain way and you only would comment on it in a certain way but i think this this like energy of you know look at this idiot pastor i'm not like him it's sort of a new energy because prior to like a decade ago you didn't know what other idiot pastors were doing you know what i mean um so how how does a how does a video like this like circulate around the pastoral community and what is what does that look like for you guys i think ronnie correct me if if your observation is is different but it only circulates on social media like this is not a thing that will ever come up in the church office yeah like your your lead pastor is not like, like Hey guys, take a look at this. Don't be like this guy. You know. Yeah, he's not like this. This is a thing we need to respond to, kind of thing. It's it's. This is a like. It gets absolutely crushed on social media. I'm grateful for the podcast because it gives an outlet for sort of the humorous riffing on this thing. Um, you know, there are the very serious responses, which are, to a, to a great degree are justified because there are people who are hurt by these men. I mean, the women in this guy's church are in a in a terrible spot. But but it really only exists on social media in terms of the the pastoral response, if you will. You know, a lot of there's a lot of pearl clutching on one hand. There's a lot of joking on the other hand. Jared Wilson made the like this is a bad thing to say, but it's really bad if you're fat joke, um, um, and just called the guy out. So Jared Jared beat us to the punch on that one. And did, did uh, he take a little heat for that? And though, I'm he, guessing. Oh, I doubt it. Just because it's. It, when a guy says something this egregiously bad, it's it's pretty hard to stand up yeah. for him. Um, I'm sure somebody was like, "Fat is a triggering word. We don't use words like that." But uh, yeah, it. I think it. I think it only exists in social media in terms of a heated response. I have n- stuff like this never comes up in person at church, whatever. Right. Right. Ronald. Ronnie might have made it the agenda for his staff meeting. I'm not sure. No, I mean, I think, no, I think you're on point, Pipe. I mean, it's just, it's something, it's, I think what it is, there's a couple of things to it for me. One is just you, you know, you watch something like that and you're shaking your head and you're like, dude, was this from like 20 years ago? Wait, you know, was this from, was this from your, you're like trying to find some way to not believe that this didn't just happen. And even if it did happen 20 years ago, it doesn't matter, but it's just to, to think that, um, I guess we think that we we tend to, in some degree, even if it's even if it's a tiny percentage, in some degree we tend to think, hey, things have progressed 
um, there is a particular kind of advancement that we've made to where even if someone feels this way, man, you're going to hear a lot less of this kind of like vocalizing in the pulpit and, you know, this kind of, you know, degrading to women kind of like, you know, talk. And so then you see something like this and you like you just can't like you believe it, but you can't believe it, but you believe it. It's funny. It's not funny. And I think you just I there's like a uh, there's like something about it that is uh, you just go, oh, man, it's just a human condition. Um, like it, there's there's some aspect of despair and, you know, to it where you just um, you just kind of got to stop and go, oh, man. And then pipe what you said. I mean, if you're a woman at this church and there's, there were probably women who were cheering him on, which is just baffling and bonkers, you know, um, well, who you just got to tell a yourself, woman what to do. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So they, it's just, I, yeah, it's so crazy. It's just unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. So I, can, you don't even know what the, it's I so crazy. Question? You don't know what to do with it. Like you said, Ted, it's like, what do you even do with that? It's so outrageous where you just go, it, it's almost like so on the chin, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. The thing kind of speaks for itself. Yeah. Yeah. He, he is his own incrimination. Um, can I ask a question that will walk us right out onto thin ice, particularly in the realm of telling women what they should and shouldn't do? Um, so this guy says this really – I mean, I don't even know what to – evil, stupid. It's, mm-hmm. it's a whole mix of, of, of heinous. However, and I'm not going to defend him, but to – the thing that, that comes to mind with this is it seems to me that the majority of like women's – women's influencers, women's events, women's, you know, Christian speakers give the impression of perfection. Sure. You know, perfectly pulled together outfits, perfect hair, perfect everything, and at least just a super pulled together image. Mm-hmm. And and so, though, and those are the people who are trying to uplift women, not, he's he's just a degrading jerk in this case. Uh these are people who are trying to uplift women. Is there, is that a mixed message though? Like trying to uplift women, but also kind of giving the impression that you, you need to look like this, have this sort of generally perfectly pulled together, uh, image appearance. It, I don't even know if it's safe to ask that question. And you guys could just remain silent if you don't want to get into this and we'll just awkwardly (laughs) transition as we do. I know what you're at. Like be a little more specific. I think I do. I'm sure I know what you're asking. Oh, you you got it. Okay. So So think like, so pick picture. So Ronnie, picture with me, if, uh, uh, like a women's conference at a large, yeah, at a large church. The the speakers that they have lined up are usually women between the ages of like twenty eight and forty five, um, who, you know, they they have each of them has invested in headshots that are like the, everything is sort of crafted and perfect in their yeah, presentation. When you see a panel of them on stage, saying. yeah. Yeah. Perfect, perfect outfits, you know, uh, perfect jewelry, perfect hair. Everything is just right. And so the the overall impression is that to kind of be a, a successful, godly, uh, growing woman or a woman leader is is to fit that mold. Well, yeah, I think I mean, you bring up a really good point. I think I think it's one thing to make it because you could say the same thing about some dudes, right? Like it's one thing to make yourself presentable and to want to look. Oh, and and we absolutely have. Yeah, we have dog on those dudes all the time. Right. So like, it's one thing to say, Hey, I just want to look the best that I can look. Everybody's going to kind of do that regardless of where, you know, Mm -hmm. what their image is or where they're at in their physicality. 
Um, so that's one thing. I think the thing, what, what, what comes to mind when you say that, Pipe, the thing that comes to mind to me is it seems like when we talk about women in general, the thing that we tend to center on is their, is their beauty. Um, and, and I think that's just, I, I think that's just part and parcel of our culture, right? We, when we talk about a woman, when even a man talks about a woman, you know, to, to in other words, to, to uplift them, we would say, but you're beautiful. Whereas if you're talking about a dude, you would say, no, nah, man, but you're, but you're a really smart guy. You know, and like we just like we even even the, the kind of phrasings that we use. But like, you, you what, if, say what if the that dude you're woman. talking to is legitimately like a smoke, though? You know what I mean? Do you ever say, dude, you just got really nice cheekbones. Like you're just I a mean, handsome dude. Right. Yeah, for sure. But it's but you you don't generally say that, you know, for a man, it's more about his intellect. And for a woman, it's a little more about her beauty. And so I think that that's just something that's been in sort of it's something that's formed, you know, from the culture for forever, you know, for so long. That, I, that, that that whole thing just continues to perpetuate, you know? Yeah, I mean, a woman I, has to be beautiful. A man has to be smart. But we never just say about a woman, oh, but, man, she's, she's so smart. It's maybe she's so beautiful. Well, I mean, I think when I, not to d- declare war on our industry or whatever, but, like, legitimately to sell a certain kind of book as a woman or a guy. Like, unless you're hanging your hat on the, like, I'm Don Carson and I have multiple PhDs thing which right. shout out don carson good looking older guy whatever but like um unless you're hanging your hat eh. on that um i mean you gotta you gotta take the press photos you gotta like you know where where the big hat with the flowing like mane of hair underneath it and like you, you know what i mean I, you're you're selling a certain kind of image and there's a certain degree to which fame is aspirational anyway you know so i mean you're giving people a certain kind of image i guess and we can we can debate the the merit or lack of merit in that in our industry but that just seems to be kind of how it works yeah i i I think what what both of you guys are saying is is kind of i was trying to circle something that i i couldn't quite articulate just sort of the the sense of it seems like there is unfair undue pressure on women to appear a certain way all the time or so this this clown says it in the most obviously stupid way. There's the subtle just pressure of, oh, you need like, you have to kind of match this standard. And then there's the less subtle like, yeah, if you want to sell a book, you need to have like you need to sort of fit the PR mold. Um, yeah, unless unless you're like Marilyn Robinson and <laughs> you just are a wizard with a pen right. who's also like you're just kind of past it and you live in a small town in the country like well, the, the, the female Wendell Berry. She's does. writing stories. It doesn't matter what she looks like. We're not we're not we're not really reading. Yeah, we're not reading her. We're reading her stories. Guys, serious. That's a good point because yeah, yeah, that's a really good point because the, the, all the other books that we're talking about are the ones that are like there's a there's a sense of follow my lead and right. with her it's like read this story. Guys, do you think we made it to where we made it in the industry because of our looks? I mean, I mean obvi. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't want that to be why I made it, but maybe it is. Uh, I don't want to be why I made it that way, but I didn't make it that way. That was forced upon me by that's the culture. And by, uh, I, by have a, rec- I have to accept that and receive it. By a structure that's evil and wrong. But, you know, but that I secretly am very this, happy about. I mean, is this... Is this a stewardship issue? Do we need to steward our looks a certain way? You know, so if, if this is what do. God's given us, like, are, are we like the one talent, the five talent or the 10 talent right. person? And, and how are we using these, these gifts? Our writing retreat is actually or a, not gifts. a spa weekend. You know, we're getting some, 
we're, we're, we're just taking care of some things that weekend, looks-wise. Yeah, you know, it's I'm a little pallid yeah, after the, the rather gray winter, yeah. so yeah. getting a little bit of that glow is really going to help book sales, I'm sure. That's right. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Well, this has been um, the three of us saying the right thing for about 20 minutes. We're great guys. <laughs> just terrific people, all three of us. Um, speaking terrific looking too, really. I mean, if well, I'm that's just, it, I feel like we just we just need to reiterate. Yeah, that. I mean, if you wanna if you wanna buy a book for that reason, um, you came to the right place. Uh, Boys, forget the books. If you guys want to stay married for the long haul, I mean, you, there's some things you need to step up into. I think is what I think is what he was trying to say to women via men by a man to women through men to men. Mm. Ronnie Martin, great guy. So really, PhD. Almost. What I yeah I I I think you know if he's allowed to get away with that I think we should be allowed to get away with telling men um, if you want to stay married you should probably hit the elliptical on occasion as well. That's true. Um, street runs both ways. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Maybe not in his church, but I feel like that's a thing that we could say fairly is like you know get a gym membership and use it. Well, he classified. I, you know, if you watch if you watch to the end, he classified. A particular weight that women get to as a divorce weight, and I kid you not. He said, "So have you hit oh, that? Man. Have you hit that divorce weight? In other words, you're at that weight, which is going to cause your dude to sort of wonder if he should, you know, stick with you or not. You know. So I, I that's that's the question I have for all of you. I mean, are we are we at that divorce weight, dude? I think I I think it's more of a divorce body body mass index. <laughs> weight is is a fungible number, and it's it's more of a BMI issue. There you go, man." Um, you guys want to talk about something else? Are we good? Yeah, <laughs> let's do something. Like, I don't know what else. Do we, oh yeah, your your student sent you a text about something. We should talk. about Yeah, that. it's funny. It's actually this isn't my student per se, but so my oh. my best friend from college, his son is now in college, and he goes somewhere. Not he doesn't go to my university, but uh, but he listens to the show and he texts me like show notes from time to time, and. Um, after the the ep that dropped, I guess last week about crazy teaching, crazy teaching about lust, um, he sent me the following. I'll just read it. Nowadays, the teaching about lust is having some hip youth pastor coming and graphically talking about how sex with their wife is literally the most amazing thing ever, and that porn and masturbating or sex with someone that isn't your wife is nothing compared to how amazing sex with your wife is someday. And then he sent like the facepalm emoji. Um, my question to you guys is, again, being in the church business, is this how it is nowadays? And that strikes me as terribly uncomfortable just on a, <laughs> a day-to-day basis for the youth pastor's wife who has to like walk around the church and get her kids out of the nursery and just be seen well, by people. Yeah, and and for anybody who wants to be like a decent human being around her. Right. That's very yeah, awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like you've heard things you can't unhear. And that strikes me as, um, again, like we're just, we're missing the mark, but we're missing it in a different way. Yeah. I mean, it's like, strikes me as like, it's so like, keep it real culture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, so like you, you know, so like youth group back in the eighties and nineties, it's like, it wasn't like, it wasn't presented to kids in, 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 in it's like raw undiluted form. Like it is now, I feel like you have license now for some reason and not everybody, of course, but I feel like some youth guys, depending on their context, 
and their denomination or, you know, whatever, whatever their tradition is, they're allowed to just like keep it as real as real gets, as mm. raw as raw gets. <laughs> like they just get right up to the line and they're allowed to dip their, their toe over the line, like yeah. as much as they want, you know, because again, man, we're just, we're, we're trying to keep it real, you know? And it's like, I don't know. I didn't have that experience, you know, with my dudes. Oh, it no. was just, yeah. I mean, dude, that, I mean, they would talk about, they would talk about some serious things in terms of sexuality, but like, it never got graphic like that. You know what I mean? It was like it was always pulled back, you know, to where it was like this safe spot so that when you went back and you told your mom and dad asked you, so what you guys learn to you what you guys do tonight? Like you could literally tell them in a way that they would say, that's good. You, 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 you need to learn about that stuff. You know, not that I need to be the one that teaches you that, but right. you need to learn about that stuff at youth group. But it wasn't anything gratuitous. And I feel like we're just like you're allowed to be gratuitous now in the, uh, you know, in the name of just keeping it real, you know? That's wild, dude. Yeah, it's just wild. Well, I, and I think there's this, there's this, there's this crazy notion. I mean, I, I, youth. I don't think it's just youth pastors. I think it's just a lot of a lot of teachers that to to try to teach a Christian ethic of sex, you have to kind of outweigh the good with the better because it's like, well, clearly sex is a temptation that's pretty great anywhere. So let like, how do we mm. how do we pitch our version better? Right. <laughs> And so they like they just lean into that instead of instead of like backing up and going okay what what is this actually supposed to be and how can we give students in this case an understanding that that's realistic and also without degrading our wives and yeah it's uh there's just such a, a misconstrued notion about what it takes to help people understand like what sex should be what it shouldn't be what's place in your life what it like the the draw of temptation versus the promise of something else yeah. and the fact the fact that this idiot this this hypothetical collective youth pastor idiot is promising that married sex is is like the be all end all right. of 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 everything means that he's been married for about seven and a half minutes yeah <laughs> he's already like there's he's just, already lying about things that he hasn't experienced sure now so yeah, there's it, the whole thing is like, oh, this is this is a mess at every single level of this. His understanding of of the Bible, of sex, of marriage, of of honoring his wife, of communicating to students. He's essentially setting every young man in that youth group up to view his wife in a way that he would then beat them for viewing her as. Right. So that that seems problematic to me. It does. Now, Ronald, I have a I have a serious question for you, and this is a hundred percent earnest. You are in seminary right now. You're at a very good seminary in a PhD program, learning lots of things. Is this thing that we're talking about like covered in any of your classes? Cause it, it seems to me that like, you know, we throw these, these, you know, hipster youth pastor guys in front of a bunch of our kids and they've like not thought about this yet, but um, I don't know. You're, you're in the advanced degree track right now. Is there like a unit on this? Do you guys go like a, a half a semester on, how to not be a terrible youth pastor in this in this area? What what does that look like? I don't know. They they well, but I'm doing a demon, not a PhD, just to clarify. But, oh, yeah. Um, I don't want everyone to think I'm that great. Um, but the uh, I don't know, man. I, that was you know. Oh, can I just compliment your humble braggery? That was amazing. Humble just braggery. Yeah. How was that braggery pipe? The the like leaning into your educational standard while also downgrading it. It's. You know, it's like if somebody called you a bestseller, you're like, no, I've, I mean, I've sold, I've sold quite a few books, but I'm not a bestseller. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sort of that. I'm not that a PhD. Student. I don't think that was your intent, so. but it was, uh, it was really well played. If it was okay, I'm a PhD student. Um, there you go. So In England, I, 
Your cohort meets yeah. in Oxford. <laughs> I don't even know what the question was. Oh, I love your scarf. <laughs> exactly. What was the question, dude? Oh, I the don't. question was, uh, do you guys cover this in seminary at all? Because it seems like a kind of a big deal, but nobody knows how to do it well. Well, I don't know. In my PhD classes, um, you know, we haven't quite covered like youth group sexuality and how to communicate that yet. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to. Dude, I don't, why not, I don't though? Like, I, I feel like this should be covered, you know? Well, yeah. I don't know. I think it's the, it probably depends on the class. I don't. Yeah. I, I'm taking all I'm in the middle of all these uh, these, you know, leadership classes, which I guess it could be covered yeah. in that. Right. But yeah, I don't know. They're not. It's not it's not diving down. It, it doesn't dive down that deep. That's the thing yeah. that I've learned about seminary over all these years is like uh-huh. they they just they really do keep things at more of like a, a, a knowledge based. I mean, there's there's application and all that. But yeah, like to get down into it to that degree and a bunch of dudes that range in the age in ages of like 25 to probably like 68 in this class. <laughs> Dude, that would be. That, which would actually be super interesting, right? You get some of these older dudes, yeah. You know, some of these younger dudes. Like, I don't know. It'd be fascinating. You know? I, I don't know. Yeah. I think they should do it. Um, well, I'll bring it up. I'm going to bring it up today. Bring it up, man. Text Jared when we get off the off the program. Tell him, tell him, Big T had an idea. Um, baby, who do you hang out with in those classes? Do you hang out with the 25 year olds or the 68 year olds, or kind of split the? Um, I feel like the younger dudes are the ones that always are like drawn to me sure. in terms of dialogue. Uh-huh. But I, I don't know. You know, I'm not, I mean, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, you know, I'm not youth pastoring them. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is, but that seems to be more of what it is. Well, and some of them have like, they listen to the program. They've heard, you know, they're, yeah. so they're, they're like, they're like, they listen to the pod and sure. So they, they kind of, they kind of know me from that. So it's kind of, so they're under the impression that you are friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting because you got to do this works, weird. Dude. Well, you got to do this introduction thing at the beginning of every class, and then inevitably, I get like for this new class I just started, I got these emails sort of off the grid, which were like, "Oh, hey, I didn't want to say anything, you know, you know, in front of everybody, but dude, I've been listening to the program for three years, you know, all that kind of stuff." So it's kind of funny. But boys, the reach that we have with this thing is unbelievable. Oh man, it is. What I heard Ronnie say was our next live event should coincide with one of his doctoral seminars. There you go. Kansas City. Brilliant. Kansas City. Dude, let's get to Kansas City. And we should invite all the local youth pastors and talk about how to teach on sex. Boys, we got to get to KC as soon as possible. Um I'll see if Jared C can hook that. Is it, that have you ever said that sentence? Before? No, literally never. That's the first time. <laughs> I'm just dying to go to Kansas City. That's it, dude. We can make a little Marshalls run with Jared C. Um, yeah. Yeah. A barbecue. A little beef. Uh, mm. You know? I like it. Kind All right. This is going to make me center. not welcome in Kansas City. Kansas City barbecue is is the most overrated barbecue I've had in this entire country. So, listeners, like come at me, bros. Hype, is but that the variety that's kind of sweet and cloying, or is that the more like vinegar-based uh, barbecue. Now nah, vinegar is more like the Carolinas. It's it's sweeter and it's all like beef barbecue instead of pork. Oh, and they man. love something called burnt ends, which basically just means we don't know how to cook brisket. That's what it comes down but to. Those so burnt like, ends are good. They, though, let's be honest. I mean, that's they're, good stuff. Oh, they're so overrated. Well, that may be true, but they're still good. They're crispy, right? No, you don't like them. Yeah, I mean, they, they have a little bit of crunch to them, but they're just it. It yeah, it's it's not. I don't know. It's like they tried to do Texas barbecue and didn't succeed, and we just lost all of our Kansas City listeners. Tough, Sorry, dude. guys. It's going to be tough to sell a live show ticket now, Pipe. 
Um, yeah, I just undermined my own great idea. All right, so Jared C., sorry, the Spurgeon Center, just cancel the whole thing. We're done. You know, it's not going to work that, out. Good thing we have that half-million-dollar book deal to fall back on, you know. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that, that, that half-a-thousand book deal. <laughs> exactly. Um, boys, I'm going to close this one so we can do a Patreon. And, yeah, I would uh, love it if you closed this And one. just get it done. Yeah, this is the worst show we've done in a long time. It's interesting. Since when do you think? Months? Uh, well, this is Christmas. what happens. The, yeah. the misogyny minute didn't really set us up for success, I don't think. Might, we might maybe, need to maybe the misogyny minute's not a – maybe it doesn't have a long-term earning power for us, but I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll tinker with it. Um, boys, we've done what we always do in this program. Uh, we, we've actually done what we haven't done in a long time, which is do a terrible show. But, uh, but we have done that. And until next time. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. I'm Don Hawkins, inviting you to be encouraged with my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You. To subscribe, go to LifeAudio.com.